0: Well, hello there, people from the planet Earth. It's Jupiter, and welcome back to Jupiter Says Hi, this wonderful podcast that you've decided to tune into, and I'm glad that you're here. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's do it. today I wanted to talk a little bit about religion and faith Uh, straight into the topic. I usually ramble on, right? Uh, But today we're doing this. Um, First of all, I got a few requests from a few friends of mine who listened to this podcast. Uh, They told me it might be a good idea to talk about religion and faith and my history with it and what I currently believe in, and they thought it would be, like, polemic, but I don't think it'll be too bad, I hope, um, I wanna, I do wanna give a quick disclaimer, um, I'm not an expert in theology, Catholic theology. I'm not an expert in Catholic doctrine, so by any means, don't take this podcast as like your basis for Catholic faith, because it definitely isn't. Um, I know a few things because I've studied it when I decided to join the church. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but just know that whatever I say here, it's not necessarily wrong, but it's also not necessarily um, the you to make... Thing. So don't take my word for the things that I say here. I will try to use references that I got from my Catholic formation. Uh, if that gives you any extra confidence in what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, let, let's talk about my history. I guess it's it's a good thing to give a little background. Because, you know, sometimes we, we meet people who were born into their faith and don't really know other other kinds, and, you know, but that's not my case, although I am a cradle Catholic, I was born in the Catholic Church, I was baptized, like, two months after, uh, I was born, and I grew up going to Mass, my grandma was very Catholic, she took me to Mass every Sunday, my parents, not so much, but I, I did grow up in the Catholic Church, I, I, I went to, uh, like school, like my, the first school that I ever went to when I was in elementary school was Catholic. And also I went to, I don't know what you call it in English, but it basically it's like Sunday school, but not on Sundays. Cause it wasn't on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> but I, I did take some, some classes for first communion and stuff, which is what you do in the Catholic church. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I grew up in the, in the Catholic church. What happened in in the mid- in the midtime time is that my aunt converted to the evangelical church, so I- for the sake of being easier to pronounce, I'll call it Protestant, but just know that it's the evangelical thing. I- I know there are a bunch of nominations for Christian now, which is- I don't know, we'll talk about that <laughs> when I talk about doctrine, but, um- just so you know, like, that's where she's at, she's still evangelical, she grew up in the Catholic church like me, but she converted to the Protestant church when she was already an adult and had children and everything so she converted and she took uh, my cousins with her to the church and because of that, a part of my family kind of shut her out um, which is really sad, I mean, my mom's Part of the family is very, very Catholic. My dad's part of the family not so much. Like my grandma was definitely very Catholic, but my my grandpa isn't really. So it was mainly my mom's family. And this aunt of mine is my mom's sister. And when she converted to the Protestant church, some a part of the family shut her out. My mom didn't because, like I said, my mom my family. Uh, in general, isn't really like super devout and super connected to the church. It was mainly my grandma and stuff. So we didn't really shut her out. And in fact, my mom and my dad worked all day and I only went to school for half a day. So what would happen is that they got my aunt to stay with me because she works with cleaning and stuff like that. And she would stay with me in the house. She would clean. And she would keep me company, because I was, what, nine years old? Yeah, I was like around nine, ten years old at the time. And we spent a lot of time together. In fact, I spent more time with her than I did with my mom. She used to, she still is my second mother, honestly. And she, in the meantime, she uh, took the opportunity to talk about her side of the Christian faith. Um, I won't say she took advantage of the situation, but she definitely used the situation to her favor in a sense because um, she talked about mainly not necessarily the Protestant faith or what she believed in, but what I remember that she talked about the most was uh, the Catholic Church and how wrong it was (laughs) and how terrible it was to be Catholic. And how it was against the Bible and everything. And of course, because I didn't have a good doctrinal background, because I didn't care, um, I believed her. And I trusted, I took her word for it. I believed that the Catholic Church was terrible. It was wrong. It was uh, awful. It was against the Bible and everything. and, And she took this opportunity to kind of lead me on to her side of the force, right? <laughs> um, now, I won't say like that was wrong, necessarily. I, she was just doing what she believed was right, but it definitely stirred the pot a little bit, because my grandma from my dad's part had just passed away, and like I said earlier, she was very Catholic, and she asked my dad before she passed that he would keep me in the church, and he would keep me in the faith, and in, you know, along with that, my aunt was kind of leading me towards the Protestant church, so we had a conflict there, as you can imagine, uh, and I remember I really wanted to go to with her to church and, and follow her stuff, and my parents wouldn't let me, and it was hard to deal with that, because you know i was truly like invested in that i i loved what she was telling me about you know jesus and god and how you know the catholic church was wrong and i I really like i said i took her word for it i didn't really go in depth with it i just i knew what she told me so i didn't really go after information and everything that i think of now that my parents used to say to me like oh the but the church is like 2,000 years old, what are you saying, like, years and years of doctrine, and I would say, nope, it's wrong, I would just deny it, so it's interesting to see it from the perspective I have today, right, well, the time passed, and because I couldn't really go to my aunt's church and follow with her, and then after a while, she stopped coming every day, because I grew older, and I could stay at home alone, and my mom started staying at home more, um, I lost touch with that part of faith, and I just kind of cruised on a non-denominational Christian kind of vibe, um, I kind of had this idea, like, okay, Jesus, God, and everything, but it wasn't like, oh, sure, I'll dedicate my life to that, like, to me, it was just, okay, it was there, but it wasn't a big part of my life, and this was around high school and whatever, and I kept going back and forth. Whenever I spent a long amount of time with my aunt, I kind of grew more in that Protestantism and stuff, and sometimes I would go to mass with my mom, and I would hate it, because my dad would be like, no, you you should go to mass with your mom so she doesn't go by herself, and I'm like, why don't you go with her? But of course, (laughs) I went with her anyways. I hated it awful, like, I didn't pay attention to it, I just, I found ways to point my finger and say that they were wrong, and it was just a mess, it wasn't productive at all for me, and for a while, it was just kind of like that, you know, I didn't really have a pathway, and, you know, in high school is when I really started to struggle with my mental health, and not having this final straw, not a final straw, but like not having something to grasp onto was really difficult for me. Because you know, with mental health, sometimes you can feel like there's there's nothing else. And there's nothing you can hold on to. And and faith kind of comes in and grabs you by the hand and says, Okay, this is your purpose. But in high school, I didn't have that. In high school, was really difficult for me in that sense. And a lot of stuff happened during high school. And my faith kind of just grew farther and farther away from me. I didn't have any faith, if you could call it that. And by, by the time I got into college last year was when I truly started to like completely shut it down. So at the beginning of the year last year i remember i would joke about faith all the time if you ask my friends uh from university it's really weird to see me where i am now comparing to when they met me when they first met me which is when i just i made fun of faith for you know everything and especially the catholic church i'm i used to be that kind of person i'm anything but catholic you know what i mean because, you know, not only because of all these things that my aunt told me, but also because of all the stuff that you hear in history class and everything, and you, you're just like, okay, why would I follow such a terrible doctrine, such a terrible uh, way of dealing with things, so I, you know, I just shut it off completely, and then, at, and then mid-year last year, I'm not sure if it was before or after I recorded that episode from last year, but I do know that it was mid-year, it was winter break, and um, a cousin of my mom invited me to travel with her to another state, which is where a good part of my family from my mom's side is, to visit family and to travel a little bit, because when I'm in times of breaks, summer break, winter break, holiday quarantine, I tend to get really depressed because I have nothing to do. I'm the kind of person who needs to be working, needs to be studying, needs to be doing something with their lives. Otherwise, I get really, really depressed. And that was the case with me last year, mid-year. I just, I hated the idea of staying at home doing nothing. It was terrible. Having to spend time like all day with my parents, I love them truly, but it's, it's sometimes it's really hard to spend too long with the same people, and especially when you're stuck at home, high quarantine. I love you. <laughs> uh, so she invited me to go travel with her mid year, and I did. I was like, okay, road trip. I love road trip, uh, road tripping, and it's one of my favorite things. And road tripping, road traveling. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. I, I loved it, and I was like, of course I will, and this part of my family is the very Catholic part that I was talking about, and I remember she wanted to pray before going, and, and you know, doing, like, weird stuff, and, and I just, I kind of rolled with it, because I didn't really want to be disrespectful, but at the same time, I was like, oh, fuck me, you know, <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really care about this, but sure, okay, And, you know, she noticed it and she was like, "Eh, you know, what's what's up with that? And I kind of told her what I just told you guys. And I told her, like, I don't really feel connected to the church. Like, honestly, I don't see a point to it and everything. Because all that hate that I had towards the Catholic Church had already faded. It was just indifference at this point. I didn't really understand it. And to me, it was just kind of, okay, kind of whatever. And, well, we we went on this trip. And on this trip, I I learned a few things about the rosary and praying and stuff like that. And, you know, it kind of piqued my interest. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it was a way to exercise my purpose in the world. And I knew that somehow it it was strengthening me to keep going. And I like that feeling. So, I asked her to give me a rosary. And I still have it. It's the one I use to pray most of the time. And I I took interest. And when I came back home, I told my mom, Hey, I want to start going to Mass with you. And I started going to Mass every single Sunday with my mom. And... I really started to enjoy it because I started seeing purpose in that. But I knew that I needed more. I needed to strengthen. I needed to understand what I was doing and what all that meant. Because the Catholic Church is very full of tradition, right? And this tradition sometimes goes unexplained. And it's it's hard to grasp it sometimes. So I i i really i needed that but i didn't know where to find it so i just kind of kept going to mass and everything I just kept praying my rosary and then some one day uh they announced at the parish that there was gonna be a retreat i don't think it's called a retreat but it's like it's it was a whole weekend no cell phones allowed no nothing from the external world it was one weekend in the parish. One weekend of speeches, of prayer, of doctrine, and everything. And it was enlightening, in a sense. It was just for young people, but I was... There were people older, a little bit older than me, but I was the only one who was in university, and the only one who actually wanted to be there. (laughs) Oh, that sounds so bad. But (laughs) it's true. Um there were a lot of teenagers, and they were there because their parents wanted them to be there, so I'm guessing that it wasn't as enjoyable for them, uh, faith-wise, at least, because, uh, they definitely, ma- we definitely made some friends there, I made some friends there, um, but, you know, like, the essence of it, which is th- strength and strength, oh my god, strengthening the faith was definitely not met for a good majority of them but for me it definitely was that was like a life-changing point in my life uh in my faith life at least that was like the point in my life where i just okay this is it you know and i met this girl there she told me about this place that i could go to to get more doctrine lessons, and to get more spiritual uh, formation and everything, and I was really interested in it, and she told me that a friend of mine from university uh, could help me out with that, and I, I looked for this friend of mine, and she took me to the place, and it was really cool, it's like a little, it's a cultural center kind of thing, Like, it's a place where you go to get information on spiritual stuff, and, you know, you get spiritual directions, you can go to confession, there's a oratorium there. It's really nice, and I was invited to go, and I went, and I loved it. I loved the place. I go every week. Now that we're in quarantine, I'm not going anymore, but we do stuff online, so it's fine. So the, the formation never stops, but... I I go every Saturday night. I go to get spiritually str- strong,er I guess you could say. Um, and since then, I just I kind of grew on the faith because I guess when you start to understand the church and the tradition and everything, you truly start to enjoy it in a larger sense. You know, like you, you really. You know, when you truly understand something, it's when you truly get the most out of it. And this is when I I want to start talking a little bit about like what attracted me what attracted me most to the church, and some of the doctrine that I like the most to talk about, at least. Um, again, I'm not an expert. I'm not a theologist, theologist, theologian. I don't know <laughs> what the word is, but I'm not a theology expert, I'm not a Catholic church expert by the, for the life of me, but um, I know a few things, and I want to share them with you, because maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll convince you to check out Mass sometime, and maybe join us someday, I don't know, who knows, um, but you know what like i said what attracted me a lot to the catholic church was the rosary and what the rosary is if you're not catholic you and you or you just don't know what the rosary is is basically like a little it's not a jewelry piece it can not be jewelry but it's like you can google it if you want it's a piece with a bunch of little um oh my god how do you call those things I don't... (laughs) Oh, I can't. I have no vocabulary for this. But it's... It's basically, like, some... A little object, okay? That helps you keep track of your prayer. Basically. So, it's a combination of, uh... Thought prayer, mental prayer, and oral prayer. So, if you know, like, Catholics have these, like... These pre-made prayers. So we have our Father, we have Hail Mary, glory be. We have a few prayers. Like, for example, Hail Mary, I know it in English, so we're we're cool. But Hail Mary is like, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for sinners now and in the hour of our death. Amen. So it's it's a little prayer that we already know and we pray it over and over again, so we pray 10 of these, and then a Our Father, which I don't know in English, I'm sorry, um, and then 10 more Hail Marys, a Glory Be, another Our Father, and then we do that five times, um, and that's the rosary, that's a chaplet, actually, the rosary is 15 times, but okay, anyways, um, We do that while we think and we meditate on some of the mysteries of Jesus' life with the focus on Mary. So let's let's clear up who these people are. First of all, Jesus, of course, is the son of God, is the second person in the Holy Trinity. Uh, He came to earth. Well, basically, it's God in the shape of a human that came to earth to redeem our sins. Uh, He came to earth, lived his life, told 12 really awesome guys to write it down and share it to the world and say, you know, this is the way to live. This is Jesus. And Mary is his mother, is the mother of God. She is the woman that God chose to carry Jesus in the womb. So, you can see why uh, we we praise her so much, right? Because she, if it weren't for her, who knows, right? So, um, this is a difference that you'll find from the Catholic Church to, to any other Christian denomination: is that no other Christians, I'm pretty sure, no other Christian other than the Catholic Church uh, truly venerates Mary and has this entire dedication to Mary, in a sense. So, it's a doctrinal thing, almost exclusive to the Catholic Church. Anyways, so, basically, the rosary is a prayer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just knocked my microphone. (laughs) Okay, so, the rosary is a bunch of prayers that help you meditate. I'm sorry, that help you meditate the life of Christ and potentially uh, live it for yourself. Uh, So what we do is while we're praying these prayers, like the Hail Mary, while we're saying it out loud, we are thinking and meditating on some of the events that happened in Jesus' life that are very important. We call them mysteries. So, for example, one of them is the incarnation so it's the exact time that gabriel the angel the archangel comes to mary and tells her that she's gonna bury she's gonna bury oh my god no she's gonna carry the child of god and she's gonna be the mother of jesus christ um so we meditate on that we meditate because it's a mystery because we don't know exactly how it happened uh we call it a mystery of faith, which is a mystery. It's never been explained in the Bible. We don't know exactly how it happened, but we believe that it happened. We have faith that it happened. Um, a lot of religion is a mystery, if you think about it. You know, we don't know uh, if we can, if, you know, something truly happened, unless we believe in it. So, you know, a lot of people, I know people, I've known people all my life, I was one of these people who said that it was stupid to rely on your own imagination to believe in something and to follow a path. And honestly, now I'd see it differently because the fact that you have such faith and you carry it with you is powerful, in my opinion, at least. Uh, I started seeing it differently, because it's not like people see it, uh, Christianity sometimes is like, oh, you're believing, like, this crazy story about a guy that, about a virgin that had a child, that <laughs> came back from the dead, um, but, you know, in simplicity, it yes, it's true, we believe that, but it's because it's our faith, you know, we, we truly firmly believe, that it happened, because especially in the Catholic Church, we have 2000 years of documents, of doctrine, of studies from, of the Bible and of the life of Christ. We have relics, which are little objects that confirm our faith, like relics from the saints or pieces of their bones, for example. Uh, we have saints who are intact. one of the saints that I'm very, very devout to called St. Padre Pio. His body is intact in Italy. You can go visit it if you want. Uh, There's a guy who cuts his beard and his nails every once in a while. So he's there. And you can go see it for yourself that these people were here and they were on earth and they followed the footsteps. So, you know, with all the, the stuff that we have, uh, it's hard not to believe. And, you know, don't don't get me wrong. Of course, there are days I questioned my faith, for sure, uh, especially in the beginning when you're starting to learn about the doctrine. You spend a lot of time just meditating on that and thinking, okay, do I truly believe this? Is this something that, you know, I take for granted, and, you know, you just kind of roll with it for a while, I guess, until you're, you're firm enough in it, and you've learned enough that you're like, okay, I get it, (laughs) I, I guess I, I believe that, but sometimes you question it, and it's, completely normal for you to do that and it's fine, you know, like, you know, Jesus and, and God and don't just, you know, send, uh, angels to us to prove their existence, they do it in mysterious ways and our faith kind of supports that idea. Um, besides the rosary, Um, a few other things that attracted me were were this idea that we are all called to sainthood. You know, the first thing that probably comes to your mind if you're not into the Catholic doctrine or if you don't know much about it is, okay, I'm just not gonna marry, I'm gonna be completely pure for the rest of my life, no sinning, I'm just gonna just lock myself in my room and pray all day, that's what sainthood means. Uh, and the Catholic Church shows us that no, it's not. Uh, in fact, if you go through, if you read about the life of a lot of saints, uh, they were just like you and I. Um, not, you know, podcaster or listener, but uh, they were just like sinners like we are. And But they decided that their sins would not define them. They would ask for forgiveness, which is what we do in confession. And try and do better every day. And spread the the idea of Christ in their lifetime. This is what the saints did. They didn't have to sit in a room praying all day. Uh, Saint Saint Josemaria Scrivá used to say that everything that we do in the name of god is prayer so studying if we put it in the hands of god if you do it with faith we do it with strength it's prayer if we work with passion and we do it with our faith in our hands it's prayer so you know everything that we do if we focus on love and giving and faith it's prayer so that makes us saint and that's what the catholic church preaches and that's what i love about it because it reminds me that yes i have this messed up life it's crazy i sin all the time i'm not a saint at all but i can become one because i can always strive to be better And honestly, that's something that I don't remember my aunt saying to me because she, to a lot of Protestants, I think that's the Protestant doctrine, I wouldn't know. But it's that Jesus is the only saint. So there are no saints that intercede for us or whatever, which is what the Catholic Church believes. And that kind of bothered me because that you know then i didn't have anyone else to follow other than jesus and it's hard because although the gospel really does work for any time anywhere it's hard because jesus like i'm a teacher jesus weren't wasn't necessarily a teacher he didn't go to a classroom full of teenagers and teach literature so but there is definitely a saint who was so it's Great to have these models and these models who can actually help us in prayer. So we Catholics believe that we can ask, we can ask for intersection. Intersection? Is that what's no it's not called that in <laughs> English? But we can ask the saints to intercede for us. So when we're praying, for example, I'm praying to Padre Pio to help me in prayer to overcome a sin right uh, what he's going to do is he's right beside god he's in heaven that's what it means to be a saint uh, the catholic church confirms that that person is in heaven basically and he's right there beside god he can like literally turn to god and be like can you help your child with this of course we can do direct prayer we can always talk directly to god but the saints can help us out with that as well as mary Mary is the queen of the heaven. (laughs) That's what we Catholics believe. And because she is the queen, she's even closer to the king. And she can help us out uh, as much. So, you know, it's, it's a whole entire world of doctrine that's so complex and so big that sometimes i i catch myself wondering like wow this is a lot (laughs) it's two thousand years of people studying the bible thoroughly and creating doctrine uh for people to follow so you know i guess that's something that you should take into consideration this is a church that's been around for centuries this is the church that was founded by jesus himself uh we, concede, we consider Saint Peter to be the first ever pope, nominated by Jesus himself. So, to us, so to us Catholics, that true church is ours, because it was founded by Jesus. Any other is a digression of that, and it really isn't uh, the true church. But y- you know, that really doesn't matter, honestly. Like. I'm not super radical to the point of saying, if you're not Catholic, then you're not Christian. Um, If you follow in the words of Christ and his teachings and his gospel, that's totally, completely, 100% good enough. (laughs) Of course, traveling through the tradition and, you know, having this prayer life focused on years and years of studying is so effective because you know that the mass that you see on television today is the same mass that anyone around the world will be watching on tv today because mass is always the same of course the the priest might say a few things differently and stuff but in general, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same readings, it's the same music, not the same music necessarily, but like the same structure. And that to me is comforting. Knowing that if I'm, if maybe I will travel to, I don't know, Sweden someday, and I wanna go to Mass on Sunday, I can do so, and it'll be exactly like the Mass that it would be. Uh, attending to on Sunday in my own parish because it's the same thing it's the universal church that's what catholic means universal so the fact that we have all this tradition surrounding us is comforting at least for me um I know a lot of people are not really huge fans of tradition like my mom is not a fan of traditional Latin mass she doesn't like the traditional rites which i personally love (laughs) i love the gregorian chants i love everything uh that has to deal with the more traditional church uh that doesn't mean i despise newer novus order novus order which is what we call the the church that the mass or the the doctrine that you'll see today if you go to mass but you know, that doesn't change the power of mass at all. The faith remains the same, the doctrine remains the same, and that's been that way for 2,000 years. And, well, I guess we'll, I guess this is kind of it. Uh, but i do want to do a quick pause right now you're gonna listen to a little sound but it's just be- to mark that right now we're gonna start a little q a section because i asked those friends that told me to talk about religion i asked them to send me some questions and some suggestions of stuff and i got a bunch of questions so i'm gonna do a little pause so that we have more continuity okay let's do that all right let's do it so this might be a long episode and i'm sorry about that in advance or not maybe you'll like these but (laughs) okay let's see some of the questions that i got what brought you back to religion well like i said that uh earlier um, but basically it, it's it was mainly my mental health and short answer my mental health and my need to have a bigger purpose in life and to find more things to lead me on and to help me be better basically okay. What does grace mean to you? Well, grace, we learn in the Catholic Church that grace is something that is given to us by God uh, under different circumstances. So when we are born and we are baptized, we are given the first little blessing and we are relieved from all from the original sin, which is the, like the name says, the original sin, the sin committed by Adam and Eve, potentially. When we're baptized, we're freed of that, and we're able to begin our lives as daughters or sons of Christ, uh, of God, and followers of Christ. And grace basically reiterates that. Every time we sin, we go back to a state of no grace, we go back to a state of sin, of original sin. So when we go to confession, or when we get Holy Communion, or when we pray, we do, we do the, sign, the sign of the cross, when we receive sacraments like baptism, the confirmation, confession, we go back to a state of grace. Uh, and when we do sacramentals which is the sign of the cross we wear the scapular we receive continuous grace which is a state that is away from sin and closer to god so i guess i would define to me what i would define grace as is like this force that keeps us connected to god so the the more we keep away from sin, and the more we get the sacraments, and we follow on our faith, the more grace, and the more, the closer to God, the closer to sin, the less grace, right, that's what I would call it, um, next question, what is currently your favorite passage from the Bible, why, um, wait, let me grab a Bible, so that I can have the correct reference, Okay, um, my current favorite passage is Psalms 4610. Now, I love Psalms in general. Uh, if you come to my bedroom, you might find uh, a few little post-it notes with Psalms on them. Um, but this is my current favorite one because it's simple, yet it says a lot about the faith. Um, the, the little part that I like the most is be still and know that I am God. Uh, Which also kind of defines why I, you know, got closer to faith. Because it's this idea of like, be still, stay calm, stay chill, you know, just wait and know, be certain, remember that I am God, that I can do anything, that I am here for you, that I love you, and that... All of this is according to blood. So, you know, it will get better. So it's it's basically God... To me, this is God telling me it will get better. It will be okay. Uh, this time of suffering will pass and everything will be okay. So, I guess that's my answer there. Next is, how is how does faith present in your everyday life? Do you pray regularly? Um, I... You know, I'm not going to lie. I sometimes... There are days I don't. uh, Because I'm lazy. (laughs) Honestly. like Confessing my sins here. Sometimes I'm lazy to pray. I had this goal of praying the rosary every single day. I don't usually do it. (laughs) But like I said earlier, prayer isn't necessarily sitting down, kneeling down, and saying a Hail Mary. Uh, Prayer can be just, you know, giving a hand to someone, uh, you know, stopping what you're doing, and instead of gaming, instead of watching a movie, instead of doing something for yourself, giving your time to other people on your own will, you know, helping out on your own pace. This is a a form of praying because it's a form of following in the footsteps of Christ, so, you know, a lot of A lot of times, I do a sacrifice in my daily life in the name of my faith. So, I help out someone. When I go to the supermarket, I usually buy an extra chocolate bar or I buy something to give to someone that I know that is in need. So, it's little selfless acts that to me count a lot more than just kneeling down and saying a hill mary if you know what i mean of course meditating on the mysteries of christ and meditating on the life of christ and reading about it is important of course it is because you need to know what you're aiming towards but what truly means uh what truly is meaningful is taking all of that that you read and learn and applying it to your life So, this is why a lot of Christians are criticized these days, because they talk about the life of Christ, and they talk about it, but they don't act on it, and this is something that I abominate. I try not to do, so I try to always be connected to Christ in the idea, you know, uh, giving people, uh, (sighs) the doctrine and passing on the faith doesn't necessarily mean me sitting down with someone like i'm doing right now and saying oh this is the doctrine of the catholic church this is what you should think this is what you should know this is not what we do we take christ with us on the way we live and if someone asks why are you like that why do you do these things then i'll probably say this is what i learned from christ you know so yeah, I guess that's how faith presents in my daily life, uh, through selfless acts. And also, uh, in the Catholic Church, we have a few interesting traditions. One of them is the hourly prayer. This is something that priests do, but we can do as well. So, at three o'clock is the time of Christ's passing on the cross. So some, you know, most of the days. The parish that I go to is very near my house and it has a bell. Every day at 3 p.m., this bell plays a little song so that you remember to pause what you're doing and give thought to the sacrifice of Christ. And just meditating on that can help you remember your purpose on life, in life. Uh, At noon, we pray the Angelus, which is a prayer to Mary and the incarnation of Christ and everything. So there are a bunch of ways that you can keep your faith present in your life, on your everyday life. Um, But it doesn't necessarily mean to kneel down and pray, is what I'm trying to say. Um, Is there any part of the Catholic faith you disagree with? If so, why do you think you can still call yourself Catholic? This is interesting. Um, I you know, it's, it's hard to point this out, because once you start to truly understand every single idea of the faith and the doctrine, it's hard to, you know, truly disagree with something and be like, no, this is, I don't, this is something I don't agree with, because what happens is, this is a misconception that people have, the Catholic Church doesn't require us to do anything besides go to mass every sunday take holy communion at least once a year uh, at least on easter uh, go to confession at least once a year this is what the church uh, requires from a catholic this is actually what you need to do to be considered a catholic in the eyes of the church so go to mass every sunday and holy day of celebration take holy communion on easter and go to confession at least once a year. That's it. (laughs) That's it. To to be a Catholic, that's what you need to do. Of course, the doctrine comes along, but not agreeing with something from the doctrine will not make you any less Catholic, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, So yes, I do think I can still call myself a Catholic. Uh, Of course, there are times I don't go, I don't attend mass on Sunday and when I needed to go to mass like actually drive to mass I went every Sunday but now at home sometimes I don't watch mass on Sundays and stuff so I just asked for the Lord's forgiveness and I'm like okay I, I didn't watch mass but because I was lazy it was completely my fault so it's like okay I know my responsibility as a Catholic I know this is what I need to do But honestly, when I think about it, I don't think there's anything I disagree with. Because the church never condemns anything. You know, we have this list of sins that the church, you know, has put out. And, you know, but we were never told to harm anybody. We're never told to, you know. And then the whole, like uh inquisition thing of course is a big thing it's a big argument against the church and that's definitely something that i'm not a fan of of course the inquisition in general uh there are a few catholic apologetics that justify it i honestly i never looked into it because to me the inquisition is something that i disagree with (laughs) even i'm sorry (laughs) forgive me uh, even if it's something that is part of the faith and the doctrine, honestly, I, I don't really look into it because I, I'm not a fan of the Inquisition, so it, that's, definitely something that I'm not a fan of, but, you know, I, I haven't really studied it in depth, so I can't really talk about that as much, but, yeah, uh, yeah. When was the last time you confessed to a priest? <laughs> wow, well, uh, this just became a confession. Hi. The last time, it was before quarantine. I think it was two, almost three months ago. Two to three months ago. Um, I used to go to confession every two weeks, um, which is not necessarily. Like I said, uh, the church only requires you to go once a year, so it's really not necessary. I know people who go every single week to confession, um, I, I used to go, like, every 15 days or every month, uh, but now it's been a while, because I can't really go to confession, and there is no such thing as online confession, so that sucks, uh, <laughs> Catholic Church, where we at, but, um, it wasn't, it wasn't long ago, in a sense, but it, it definitely, it's been too long already, um, <laughs> uh, if you have any questions on confession, I can answer them. But it, confession is is not as bad as it seems. Uh, where I do it, it's like the priest can't see me at all. There are places now that have in that my parish, for example, it offers informal confession where you just sit with the priest and, and talk it out. But I prefer the traditional method, which is kneeling down, having this screen between you and the priest, and and just talking it out and just you know being forgiven it's great it's it's truly like it resets your faith you know it's great Uh, at first i was afraid of it but honestly now i'm (laughs) i'm (laughs) not as um it's it's i i actually really enjoy it uh the last question from laura is i actually forgot to mention it was (laughs) these were your questions by the way i'm sorry (laughs) forgive me um, this is the last question from Laura. I'm sorry. This is the last question from Laura. She asked, what are your thoughts on the parable of the talents? It's Matthew 25th, 1430. I actually had to read it because I hadn't read it yet. This is something that I need to get on. I need to read the Bible. I actually, <laughs> I actually just sit down and read it because I, I only read the, the word from the mass. So I guess I should do that more. Um, I had to read it, read it, when you send the question, I had to, you know, read it through and think a little bit about it. Um, you know, there are a lot of teachings from Christ that are really hard to understand sometimes. Because we picture God to be one, like, very, you know communist figure, I guess you could say, in the figurative sense, uh, we picture Jesus to be, like, this figure, right, and this is, this is a parable that kind of proves you wrong in that sense, uh, this is a parable about work, I guess you could say, and about responsibility, um, this is Christ's way of saying to get yourself into the kingdom of heaven you should work for it you know nothing comes for free and i guess you know it's it's Matthew is not my favorite uh, evangelist to be honest uh Matthew is very too to the point in a sense. So, if you read it through, it may seem... if And you don't really stop to think about it. It may seem very harsh. And it is. Because Matthew was this kind of guy. And... But it's basically God's way of saying... Uh, you should take action. In order to be successful. And everything that you do should be turned towards Christ. Again, coming back to that... To that Thing that i said earlier that christ wants us to do everything uh, with passion and with love and that when we study and we do it with love and passion and faith it's a form of prayer right so this is also a way of saying everything that you do should be turned towards the lord and This is also a way of saying, this is also a way of Christ uh, to strengthen the idea that everything that you get, you get doubled if you do it with faith. Everything that you give, you get doubled if you do it with faith. Uh, So, and you receive great graces from that. So, that's what this parable is basically says um i think that's it for the questions if you have any more questions please don't hesitate in (laughs) sending them to me uh you can do that now on my instagram what up uh you can send me a dm on my instagram at it's jupiter silva uh i'll leave the link somewhere i don't know how to there is no description for me to leave a link on uh, you can now also join our Discord server to send in your questions and your suggestions. Uh, the link is also in the, the... It's actually on the synopsis of the podcast. So, if you're curious, go to anchor.fm slash hi, and you'll find the link there. I also now have a Patreon, uh, so you can support me financially if you want to uh you don't it's not mandatory but it would definitely be very very appreciated you get a few discord privileges on the server if you do that uh and you also get to interact a lot more with the podcast of course my friends have a little more freedom with that because they're my friends but (laughs) if you're just a listener and you want to and you want to give it a thought uh join us at the discord server we can have a little conversation there And it will be fun. Um, Alright. Let's close it off with this week's recommendations. For YouTube, I want to recommend... recommend. I can't speak. What's happening? Okay. For YouTube, I want to recommend Mariah Elizabeth. She makes a series called Squishy Makeovers. It's super cool. Even if you're not a huge fan of painting and art, she's super funny, so I, I would definitely suggest you watch her i love her videos so much they're a great way to spend time uh and she also makes videos on art stuff to do when you're bored and stuff like that so it's really fun i highly suggest you check her out it's really really cool for music i want to recommend two songs today one for the k-pop fans out there which is what i've become during this quarantine what's happening anyways it's by my favorite girl group red velvet it's called psycho it's a song that it's one of their latest hits i like i don't know i don't know but it's a really cool song i highly suggest you listen to that and if you're not a fan of of k-pop and you don't even want to give it a chance uh you can listen to maybe i'm amazed by paul mccartney which is a masterpiece i guess you could say Uh, For movie, um, this week, I would highly suggest you watch Shutter Island. It's a wonderful thriller with Leonardo DiCaprio. Everything that the man is in is good. We can all agree with that, right? Um, It's a great movie. I highly suggest you watch it. I'm not even going to say anything about it because it's automatically a spoiler. So make sure you check that out. It's amazing. For a TV show, I think i might have recommended that less this last week but uh, whatever and for a tv show i want to recommend Orphan from black was incredible it's on netflix it's already complete so you can marathon it if you want i'm re-watching it currently i love it um and book i'm currently reading american gods by neil gaiman if you want to check that out it's a great book so far i'm almost halfway through Uh, there's also a show on Amazon Prime, but I can't speak for that because I haven't watched it, but the book is great so far. It is also one of the favorite books of one of my best friends, Mars, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. Uh, I want to take this moment as well to thank my friends Lena and Laura for recommending the theme for this week's episode and for sending in some questions. Uh, for me to answer. It was really fun. I hope we can do more Q&As because I I think they're really interesting. Uh, If you have any suggestions for next week's episode, please let me know because I love to do that. And if you have any more questions, again, you can send them on my Instagram or on my Discord server. Please join the Discord server. It's going to be fun. We have even gaming voice channels for Minecraft, for stardew valley it's really fun it's great you know it's a it's a loving community okay (laughs) of three people me and two of my friends anyways thank you so much for listening for tuning in i'm really glad that i was able to keep your company during this time of need uh thank you so much for listening to jupiter says hi but now i'm saying goodbye (laughs)